Well, hello, kids. Welcome to season two and episode number 12 of Beaver Bites, our much less scripted and shorter, well, supposedly shorter. We didn't do too well at that last time we tried this, didn't we, Mr. <laughs> no, no, we did not. <laughs> but aspirationally shorter version of our regular podcast. Uh, still the same incisive commentary on Canadian politics and general culture, but nibbles of it. I'll probably be a little less chatty. I don't have any Guinness this evening, so. <laughs> you give an Irishman like myself some Guinness and we'll talk up a storm, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I I'm wish not, I had I'm not, I'm not that Irish, though. I mean, really, fifth generation Canadian. Come on, come on. You know, <laughs> I'm conveniently Irish for St. Patrick's Day, which is fast approaching. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Today, recording day is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. And once again, kids, there has been more snow. It's been the most we've had in about the last six winters, I think, here at the Beaver Lodge. I think so. Which, yeah, for which I'm grateful because that should do the water table some good. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, the Eager Beaver, pronouns hey, him, hey, Mr. Beaver, eh? And I am so happy that we have found time to get back to the Bites format and that some of you had even been asking for it. Yes, yes. Oh, Oh, yes, yes. We aim to please and we live to serve. So here we are with some just for you. (laughs) Of course, a big thank you goes to our podcast founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com for their continued support. Today, with about 90 days to go before E-Day, we take a bite out of Doug Ford. Oh, I, uh, yeah. (laughs) you're the beaver i'm the grizzly you take a bite i'll just you know swipe with the paw and away goes the head (laughs) and kids of course with me is my stalwart companion (laughs) i'm mr grizzly hey How's your mental health today? <laughs> surprisingly good, actually. Uh, oh, and I say surprisingly good because, you know, it's been a pretty terrible couple of days on planet Earth. Um, mm. uh, you know, I don't have to state the uh, obvious, but uh, yeah, s- despite all of those things, I'm doing surprisingly well. I- and even when I read terrible things today, like how, you know, all the the uh, occupiers that had their vehicles towed and they were fined. Yeah, those fines only lasted seven days. Mm -hmm. So please tell me why I should ever pay a parking ticket ever again in my life. You mean as in like seven days, they expire and they don't have to? Yes, correct. So all those vehicles that were towed, they have to pay for the towing fees and the impound fees, but the $100,000 fines and the license suspension, no, that was only a seven-day thing. There was a story about it on CBC earlier today. To say I was aghast would be an understatement. Okay, I'm sorry, I missed that story. Dougie pandering to his base. How's that? This is what I've been saying all day. I tweeted about it, uh, what time today? Earlier today. I'm not even sure what time it was at. And uh, suffice to say, people picked up on it because they're like, what? When did I send this tweet out? Um, Ten hours ago. Okay, so, wow. um, 
and I'm just looking at the activity on it, and, and people have really picked up on this. Um, 9,798 impressions, 1,543 engagements, uh, 483 link clicks on the, um, the CBC story that I attached. Okay. And a lot of replies, because people are pissed. And it's right here, penalties against protest truck drivers expired after one week. Oh, well, I mean, let's read it. Let's read it. I'm behind. Let's fill me in. What does it say? Oh, hang on. Let me just open it up here. Uh, effectively, truck drivers penalized with provincial infractions for their involvement in the weeks-long occupation in downtown Ottawa saw those penalties expire after a week. Something critics say is not harsh enough. No shit, Sherlock. Days after Ottawa police pushed protesters out of the city's downtown, the province's Ministry of Transportation said it had issued a total of 39 suspension and seizure orders to large truck operators, essentially grounding them from operating with, within Canada. The penalties seemed in line with Premier Doug Ford's comment about a week earlier promising severe consequences for protesters who had occupied Ottawa's downtown, including maximum fines of $100,000 and up to a year imprisonment. CBC's news has since learned the orders suspending operations of those large truck operators were lifted just seven days after they were issued. In a statement, MTO confirmed these order, those orders were initially processed between February 18th and 20th, the weekend the downtown core was cleared and arrests were made. It did not say whether there would be additional fines or penalties for those owners and operators. My member of Provincial Parliament, Joel Harden, NDP MPP for Ottawa Centre, said, this is an outrage and I'm going to be raising this with the government. It is unacceptable that people can do these kinds of tactics with large vehicles and face temporary consequences. It is not okay. Harden said the response by the Ontario government pales in comparison to Quebec, which was able to contain protests to one weekend in Montreal and another in Quebec City. He said, without more serious consequences in the province, it sends the message to protesters to... Come again. Stephen Blay, the Liberal MPP for Orleans, observed the penalty was only a third of the time many of the truckers actually occupied the streets of downtown Ottawa. Blay said the province could have done more but chose not to, including charging protesters for the cost incurred by the response to February's events. The province has yet to come forward in any meaningful way with measures to either truly punish those who participated outside of the criminal process that are ongoing. So far, just a handful of protest organizers have been arrested and charged by police. MTO declined numerous requests for an interview with Transportation Minister Caroline Mulrooney. In a statement, the ministry said it worked closely with law enforcement on the best approach to manage the situation. We took a prudent approach and, through the emergency order, provided law enforcement with the tools needed to bring the situation to an end, the statement read. It went on to say the extent of the charges and penalties imposed were at the discretion of law enforcement. Bob Shirelli, a former Ottawa mayor and Ottawa transportation minister, Ontario transportation minister, has said he's running again for mayor. Don't even get me started on that. Argued the province could have issued harsher penalties under the Provincial Offenses Act. That would have been the easiest way instead of putting more work on the police, Shirelli said, adding the punishment does not fit the crime. He also said that this will be among the things scrutinized in the eventual inquiry into the response by government and law enforcement. In a statement to CBC, Ottawa police said penalties are not at the discretion of law enforcement. Convictions and charges are already set out by the Highway Traffic Act. 
A later statement from MTO sent to CBC after the story was first published explained that the expiration period meant the removal of vehicles by police couldn't be appealed and provided more certainty that we would be able to clear the occupation in short order. It explained that the emergency tools used by police on the ground allowed vehicles to be immediately suspended and towed. Suspensions remain on a vehicle's record and can affect renewal for licenses in the future, it read. Okay. I'm going to say something that's going to sound really strange, but you read all that and I, and I found the article somewhere along the way and I was reading along with you. I do not know what the fines, what the penalties expired means. Were they charged for just like three days and not again? I mean, how do you get charged a fine for seven days and if you don't pay it, it disappears? It disappears, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, that's the gist of the story. I've talked to a couple other people about this, and I'm like, okay, this the way this is worded is complicated, but I spoke to a couple of people about it today, and they're like, no, effectively, the fines just disappear into the ether. So please tell me. And I sent that tweet, tagged Doug Ford in the tweet, saying, why should I ever pay a parking ticket ever again in my life? Like, ever. Same. You let okay. those. You let those occupiers destroy the downtown core for three weeks you didn't lift a finger because we're mostly working class to lower middle class ndp and liberal voters in center town so you don't give a flying fig about us that's quite obvious to me three weeks that shit went on there are people in my neighborhood that are suffering ptsd from that and the whole phantom honking thing I occasionally hear train horns that aren't there. It's real. So, <sighs> piss on Doug Ford. Wow. I'm... <laughs> yeah. Wow. Gee, miss a day of news and a lot happens, eh? Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, that's going to add some color and texture to what comes next. Okay, lay it on me, brother. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, well, uh, I'm, 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 I'm literally actually flabbergasted. Completely flabbergasted. I am flabbergasted. It's like, what um, else kind of a reaction would you have? This is just so beyond ridiculousness. Okay, well, I mean, the, the, he's panicking. Of course he is. Okay, he knows he's going to lose terribly, so now he's going to try and appeal to his base, which if, I mean, I've heard other politicians say in the past, if that's my base, I don't want them. Yeah. Dougie okay. doesn't care. Okay, well, that, that actually confirms something. Okay, well, let's run with this. Um, uh, I was doing some research preparing for this, so, you know, as, as kids know, this is unscripted, but, you know, I have a couple of notes and, mm-hmm. you know, as Point we talk, I, I throw some in. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, in man, mid-January, that's as far back as I went uh, for this particular thing, uh, an abacus poll showed that uh, the conservatives had we're at 37%, the Liberals at 28, the NDP at 25, and the Green Party of Ontario was at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, 46% of respondents said that they had a negative impression of Doug Ford, and 50% said that it was time for a change in government. Now, as were those, you know, so that's that's not a good bath overall. 50% say it's time for a change in government, but it was better numbers than it was pre-pandemic when, you know, <laughs> he was going down the tubes pretty quickly. 
<clears throat> and then he did the Captain Canada thing for a while, which saved him. And then, well, we saw the, how many, how well, a lot of it was smoke and mirrors in the end. Of right? course it was. So, uh, at the time, the top four issues, uh, on the agenda, they asked people to pick their top three issues and the ones that came up the highest by a lot, like there, there are these three, and then there's one more that's a lot. And then there's a big gap between everything else. So the top four that came up was COVID the rising cost of living healthcare and housing affordability. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're talking about rising cost of living and housing affordability, that kind of goes together, mm-hmm. healthcare and COVID, that kind of goes together, right? So all of those had at least 39% of people saying that those, those were one of their top three. Right. Climate change came in next at 22, and then everything else was after. Okay, so like balance the budget, cut taxes, all that stuff was down, but you've got cost of living and housing affordability, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, the most worrisome finding for Ford uh, was that people didn't see them very well uh, as handling those issues. So whereas you got 50% saying that it's time for a change of government, the reason behind that is that 67% were saying that Ford and the government were doing a very poor job or poor job of dealing with the rising cost of living. Uh, 65% said that they were not doing a very good job on housing affordability. Uh, and 50% gave the government poor marks on handling the pandemic. All, yeah, not a big surprise. I mean, those are all realistic numbers. So they're still above by a good eight to nine percent in the polls, but like setting the table, right? Mm -hmm. It's like 50% think it's the time for a change. And on the major issues that are there, they're even doing worse than 50%, right? Uh, This just in, in case you didn't know. Lanark Frontenac Kingston MPP, Randy Hillier, announced on Facebook he will not seek re-election in June's Ontario election. Mm, I think somebody may have gotten a letter. I think somebody might be going to jail soon. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm suddenly going to be indisposed and just won't be able to run in that election For three to five. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I laughing? He brought this on himself. This is not an unfortunate case. He did it to himself. He was in the war room of the occupiers every day (laughs) with his good buddy, uh, head idiot, uh, Maxime Bernier. And, uh, oh yeah, he urged the occupiers to flood the 911 lines. Mm -hmm. And he did it more than once. Yes. That's a crime. Yes. So you do the crime, you do the time. I have no sympathy for the man. He's brought all of this upon himself. He's a racist piece of garbage anyway. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got this pool, right? (laughs) And it's, it's not looking good for him. No. Right? But the thing is, is that somewhere in December, the if you're looking at the polls and this is like the overall trackers. Now I know that there's a lot of people again that say, you know, polls, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm a communications guy. Yeah. I like polls. I know what goes behind them like this. Yes. And I don't look at them for the number. I look at them for the trend over time. Mm-hmm. Right. 
like this. And I tend to look at the aggregators, not one individual poll. So while I will mention individual polls, like this, what I'm looking for overall when I'm doing my analysis is the aggregators. Well, this one showed that the conservatives dropped a lot in December, like to a certain amount, and that the liberals provincially rose a lot. Mm -hmm. And then for about the last month to month and a half, nothing has happened. I just All got another I just got another notification. Oh really? Christine Elliott will announce tomorrow she's not running for re-election. <gasps> Rats okay. from a sinking ship. It's that's why I was I was about okay, you know what? I'm just gonna say it because I was gonna get there eventually. Their eternal numbers must be awful. They've got to be horrible. Horrible. Okay, so if you're watching their lines, literally all three parties, they've literally flatlined mm -hmm. where they were for about a whole month, month and a half. Okay, so you remember when the last time something like this happened? I'm Think of it. A party that was in government that was disliked this, but they still had a big lead Harper. over the other two. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. 2006 yep. federal election. Yes, because it, all three parties shared the lead at one point. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the lead at one point in that election, right? And it wasn't until we, I think it was the monk debate, I think. I might be wrong, but it was one of the debates like this where all of a sudden it's like the Canadian public had said, yep, okay, we're going Trudeau instead of Mulcair. Mm -hmm. And then it was done for Harper. Right. But for the first like two weeks or something like that, the conservatives were leading and people were thinking, oh, my God, he might get it again. And it's like I was like in my head, it's like, no, 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 no. The, the public has already decided he's got to go. We just haven't decided who. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking this might be because Del Duca is not well known. No, but you know what? He was actually here in Ottawa during mm -hmm. the occupation mm -hmm. in the community helping mm -hmm. out with Catherine McKinney, McKinney uh, one of the city councillors. Mm -hmm. uh, boots on the ground, helping out. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know much about the man. I don't have a high opinion of him. I don't really have an opinion of him because I, I know so very little about him. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, he went up a few points in my book because he showed up here to this city. He actually mm -hmm. helped people that live in this city. I know it's political, it's part of his job, and he did it. And where was he Dougie? Was Snowmobiling at his cottage. Del Duca remembered Ottawa was in Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, it's the national capital. Yeah, but it's in Ontario. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Beck has been doing some interesting moves uh, <laughs> leading that's up what you want to call it sure <laughs> <laughs> well he has i mean uh the most interesting one would be uh changing the date of the budget oh oh i didn't even know about that oh yeah 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 uh the budget uh, apparently there was a law passed that the budget had to be presented uh before a certain date i think it was april 1st or something like mm -hmm. that uh, because I think there was a couple of times in the Kathleen Wynne government or something like that, that it came later as, uh, well, he's respected that only once. <laughs> First of all, since he's been in government, yes. Uh, but no, no, the, the, the election is May 2nd and the budget will be April 30th. The election elections, June 2nd, not May 2nd. 
Sorry, June said, did I say, sorry? Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> pardon me, pardon me, pardon me. Yes, that's June okay. 2nd, but the, but the budget will come up April 30th. Yeah, that's. Yeah. They want extra time to, you know, judge certain things. But it's, I mean, it's like, that, that smacks of, you're going to be in power, like, for one month, right? Yeah. So that sounds a lot like campaigning on our dime. Pretty much. Right. Because you're going to have all the pomp and pageantry of the government, you know, the budget and that gets all the coverage and you go and buy your new shoes and all that kind of stuff. And then you sit there like this and you make this big thing. Here's the budget, I guess, which is essentially, I assume their campaign platform, because it would be very interesting to present a budget and then two weeks, two months later, go into an election with, here, we got a completely different platform. (laughs) Well, did, did you see this little tidbit of information? I don't know if you did. And again, folks that are listening, this is uh, not scripted. It's, it's by the seat of our pants. The latest report from Ontario's fiscal watchdog shows the provincial government spent $5.5 billion less than planned in the first three quarters of the fiscal year. That ends March 31st. Yep. $5.5 billion. Meanwhile, you've got nurses on the front line who are burning out and had a, what, a 1% pay rise? Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of you, uh, you mentioned it. I'm going to go there too. Uh, yep. The Ontario financial accountability officer said that the Ford government had failed to spend 5.5 billion in budgeted cash so far this year, including 607 million, 670 million unspent on public health during a public health emergency, 554 million unspent on schools when we needed ventilation and maybe extra teachers to lower the student teacher ratio during this time and 1.1 billion unspent on social supports like ODSP. Well, people are starving and dying, but Dougie doesn't care. He's going up to the cottage to hit that skidoo trail. Yeah. What an a-hole. It's just so... And so, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot that, of money. That, that's a lot of money, especially, you know, if you're targeting the money to the people who need it, mm-hmm. um, you know, like this, when you, you know, you mix that in the pool of like 16 million Ontarians, you say, okay, that's not that, but you know, if only like 6 million really needed it or two or three, that's a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, in the children's and social services sector, the province spent $334 million of the $600 million budget for the autism program. Because, again, for some reason, they have some type of hate on for kids with autism. I, 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 I don't know what the deal is with this government with kids with he, he, he hates really don't like him it's simple it's re, it's real simple he doesn't give a damn about anybody that is not a wealthy donor period that's why he lets centertown basically burn while he played his fiddle mm-hmm. we're not rich donors and we don't vote conservative in this riding yeah so he doesn't care yeah. kid with autism he doesn't give a damn doesn't yeah. give a damn you know what no, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Never mind. And I, then was, I was about to, to step over the line there. I won't do that. Okay. 
And according to NDP, MPP Merit Styles, uh, I really like her, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she uh, says she says that the FAO reports that just 15% of the money that was supposed to go towards infrastructure has gone out. Uh, but the Ford government is uh, spending a lot of money on ads touting that money, uh, which is very similar to what Harper did, I think, in 2015. Was it 2015, where, yeah. Was it 2015 or was it the, no, after the election, after the the 2000, yeah, the 2011. 2011. 20, yeah, yeah, the, the economic uh, inaction scam right or economic action plan or right. I, I yeah, can't remember. I remember. But, but those blue signs all over the place mm-hmm. but yeah there was a whole point i think there was a time where there was like a whole bunch of whole bunch of money or maybe it wasn't even that i think it i think it was a specific infrastructure program that he had announced because but no money had actually it hadn't even passed parliament yet right. actually and they were already advertising it on tv canada's, That's what it was. canada's economic action plan Yes. Oh my God. yeah, that was it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Don't, well, you know, it's, it's going to pass. So yeah, we'll just start advertising it now before it's actually in place so we can get that advertising buzz before the election. <laughs> it was so shameless. It was, it was yeah. It was like, one thing you got to say about Harper, okay, when it came to finding creative ways to campaign on our dime, he was a master. Uh, he was an economist, right? So yes, he knew how to play the numbers. <laughs> um, and some interesting things uh, that are coming out, which the parties might be using in the election or in the run-up. Uh, um, uh, Del Duca uh, mm-hmm. has been coming out and making little announcements. I don't know how much play it's been getting, but he said he would be looking into the four-day work week. He said he would be looking at reinstating the basic income pilot again, um, stuff like that. Uh, and something he came up with, uh, I think it is today or yesterday, saying that he would provide retroactive payments for child care amounting to $2,750 yeah. per child if elected in June. Uh, Nova Scotia had didn't did something like that as well when it announced that it was taking its, its child care uh, money for this year. Uh, they, they made it retroactive to January 1st and a lot nice. of other provinces have done that too. Now, of course, that's assuming we have a child care deal because... Not with Ford at the helm. The cheesecake stands alone. Yeah. Well, his, his <laughs> attitude is, my kids are raised, I don't need the money, so why should anybody else? He, he's one of those. That's what he is. If it doesn't affect me, it won't bother anybody else. I got into a discussion today with some individual, I'm trying to restrain my words, uh, who, who tried to convince me that it was a group of peaceful protesters for three weeks that occupied the city of Ottawa. I said, were you here? That doesn't make a difference. Were you here? What difference would it make if I was or I wasn't? Were you here? Because if you were, you would not be saying that. You don't know what you're talking about. I lived through it. Shut your pie hole, you chud. And then I, I went on a rampage after that. I just, I have, I have you know, it, 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 people that take up the mantle of, well, I don't have a problem with it. Why should anybody else? It doesn't affect me, so it can't be affecting anybody else. There's too many people in too many positions of power 
As an example, the Premier of Ontario, who just don't give a damn about anybody but themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sick of it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, look, I, I, I have a good life. I don't have a lot of money, and I'm going to die in poverty. That's fine. I've accepted that fate. I'm okay with that. I've, I've made my peace with that. But between now and then, I'm going to live the best life I possibly can. Now I have a lot of advantages. I'm at the top of the white privilege pyramid. Cis, het, white, male. Forget about it, right? I have nothing to worry about. I don't have any obstacles in my path. But I know a lot of people who do. And they don't have opportunities presented to them that I get automatically because of how I look. And then we get some idiot in government who has that same sort of opinion that, well, if it doesn't bother me, why would it bother anybody else? The old saying of walk a mile in another person's shoes Mm -hmm. would never occur with these people because they don't care. Mm. I'm a little wired this evening, can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, you don't have to have experienced something yourself to know that there's an issue, right? You just have to want to open your eyes and be observant and and first to be in a position to want to help, Mm -hmm. right? You know, it's like, you're the premier of a province, you know, I'm sure that if you stood to Mike and say, does anybody need some help? People can tell you where you could be useful. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not hard finding ways to be helpful. It's well, actually harder not to. It's, it, I, well, I mean, and, and remember the days of progressive conservatives like John Robarts, who basically built the province of Ontario. And then you've got this idiot uh, who born with a silver spoon in his mouth who uh, dropped out of college. He did graduate high school, contrary to what a lot of people believe. I don't like the man. I think he's an idiot. But let's be honest. He did graduate high school, but he did drop out of college. And yet, he's like, I'm going to cut this, and I'm going to make your lives better and put more money in your pocket. And yet, he's sitting on money that he hasn't spent, and he's ran up the largest deficit in the province's history. Mm -hmm. And he calls himself a conservative? Mm -hmm. Well, it gets worse. Uh, You know, the electricity rebates program, right? Mm -hmm. The promise in 2018 was that he would reduce our energy bills by 12%. (laughs) No, no, they've gone up. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Peter Wellman, Ontario's financial accountability officer, said that basically he said, no, simple answer. They will not reduce electricity bills at all and not by 12%. The programs in place right now will cap at a rate of increase on hydro bills to 2% per year going forward. I think mine's increased uh, from this time last year by 50%, and that's no word of a lie. Mm-hmm. I can still afford it, but good God, man, I'm, I'm in an apartment. What is mm-hmm. it like for somebody who's in a rural area in a house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently there are a whole bunch, of, whole bunch of programs, right, for this. You know, there's programs if you live in a rural area. There's programs if you're senior. There's programs if, you know, all that type of things. Well, apparently over the last 20 years, $118 billion have been distributed in those types of programs for rebates of that type. Just last year alone, however, $637 million went to people making $150,000 a year or more. And $520 million. What? Yes. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little, that was like a gut punch. In hydro rebates, yes. 
and $520 million went more to people making $120,000 to $150,000 a year. So about $1.15 million billion, in hydro billion. rebates. One, yeah, $1.15 billion went in hydro rebates went to people bringing home or households making declaring $120,000 a year or more. You're middle class and, and up. Middle, the middle class cutoff in Centertown, Ottawa is $85,961. And the program for the people that would need it the most was somehow undersubscribed. Gee, I wonder why that is. Now, why it is that much money is going to people who clearly don't need it. I mean, and this is, I got this data from um, a podcast that had Steve Pakin on it. Oh. And John Michael McGrath. And Steve, so Steve Pakin was admitting it and says, listen, I'm one of these Ontarians who gets over $100,000 a year. You'll find his name on the Sunshine List. Mm -hmm. So that every day, every month, I'm getting like $8.56 back. Yeah, so it's like the, the guy dollars and fifty six cents a month, uh, but it, when you add that up by over a million Ontarians that mm-hmm. make over, yeah, exactly, that's a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money, and I'm, he, and he's going to be the guy saying, "Look, I don't need this." Yeah, well, that's exactly what he said. I don't need but, it at all. You know? But so Doug Ford is, but Doug Ford is going to go out there and say, you know, like this, you know, like this. I I, I helped you with your cost of living, with the hydro rebates and whatnot, like this. Well, what that amounted to is eight dollars and fifty cents for a guy that's making over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So what was it for you? Yeah, yeah, mine went up by fifty percent in a year. So he's going to an election where you know, cost of living is a big thing and he hasn't met his hydro thing. He still doesn't have a daycare plan. Uh, and his latest sleight of hand was the gig workers thing, right? Oh yeah. That was cute. They had, they had the workers thing that came up, uh, before the last wave where they were doing, where they finally said it was going to be $15 minimum wage, like three years later with, no indexing to what it would have been had he done it just the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like the part two of that bill and it's for gig workers, right? So they announced $15 an hour minimum wage for gig workers, but, and here's the fine print. It's only for the time in which you have someone in your car or you actually have food in that thing. So the time you're waiting for an order, the nothing. time no. you're idling, nothing. That's like the flight attendant rule. You know, flight attendants don't get paid until the door of the aircraft closes, right? Mm-hmm. So they're standing there waiting for people to get on the aircraft. Mm-hmm. They show up, you know, 30 minutes before the flight. They're standing there waiting for people to get on, and they're helping people get their luggage into the overhead compartment, getting them seated, help. They, their pay does not start until the door closes. So they end up working for free, for what, an hour, two hours a day? Mm-hmm. So Dougie's trying to pull that stunt. And, yeah. and by the way, a, a local Ottawa uh, ice cream shop right over here on Bank Street, um, just bank south of Gladstone, Mushu, uh, uh, a pint of their homemade ice cream, because they make it in the store, uh, has gone from 12 to $15. And people are like, okay, why is that? Because all of their employees are paid the new store minimum wage of eighteen sixty one an hour because that is nice. determined to be the living wage in the city of Ottawa. And everybody who responded, with the exception of a few dumb people, hmm. everybody who responded said, 
Uh, I think that's great. I can afford three more dollars for a pint of ice cream to make sure the person serving it to me is able to eat and pay their rent. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, when you know what you're paying for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> It's like I'm okay paid for that. <laughs> it, it was like when you know when we when we were coming you know, when we went into lockdown. You know the couple of times that I ordered takeout. Shut down. We never had a lockdown. lockdown Verbiage sorry. is important here. Yes, yes, sorry. Yes, sloppy. Shut down. Like this when I ordered the couple of times I ordered takeout. Yeah. Okay. I, I put the bigger tip this time around. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're my favorite restaurant. I want you to be around. I want you to not, be here when this is over. Yeah. You know? So I was like, but it's when you know what you're paying for. Right? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, this is basically, you know, the, the lay of the land. Uh, and, and when you mix it with, you know, the data that we've been giving you on COVID mm-hmm. and what he's doing in terms of like, you know, removing the mask mandates, uh, he announced since we recorded the last one that he too in school, as I think as soon as the March break is over, the, the first week coming back to not with a week delay. So he's going to just, uh, mm, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, uh, so like I, I cross my fingers and hope everything will be all right that the people like i said my bias is always to over an abundance of cautious caution mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. early with children well uh, with children. but from what knows, i heard in alberta right. this doesn't sound right <laughs> from what i heard in alberta the kids who don't have to wear their masks are still wearing them mm-hmm. and, and you oh, saw yeah. where a uh, boo-boo kitty decided that um he was going to override municipalities. Yes. So Edmonton yes, says, yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're going to, well, I don't care what the, the, the premier says in Edmonton, we're going to keep the mask mandate in place until we know it's safe. I'm going to override that. Aren't you the yeah. guy who says there's too much government overreach? Like, well, like <laughs> and, and here's the thing, right? That, that was the thing. I mean, sorry, we're going off topic. We're yeah. talking about bumbles here, but Hey, you know, he's got a leadership review coming up in April too. So he's yep. for game for this thing. Uh, uh, so it's just bonus content. Uh, uh, the, the thing with him, right? And here's the thing, right? That nobody's caught on yet or nobody's mentioned yet, but I'm watching him go, right? He's saying, like, it has to be uniform because we can't be going having a patchwork of masks and no masks and whatnot because it'll be confusing. Well, rewind back to before best summer ever, mm-hmm. best Christmas ever, or whatnot. Well, then he was perfectly fine having a patchwork it's like okay look if we just needed edmonton that's fine but in drumheller and leduc and whatnot like we're not having it because it's you know it's wide open spaces and we're so he was perfectly fine with having a confusing mishmash like this if it allowed to keep certain place closed and most mm-hmm. place open but he's not okay if it allows to keep certain tiny places closed and uh well not tiny places i mean it's edmonton but like you know geographically sized for the whole province. Come on, he's a Bible oh. school dropout. He doesn't believe in science. I'm just... It's... The whole thing, man, is it's just like... It's the lack of consistency. I mean, it's like the principle that held six months ago while he was talking about what Albertans want and Albertans mm. said it just does not apply when it's the other way around. Of course right? not. 
It's just, it's just what, what that's got. Oh, what's that? no, I never said that. <laughs> you know, he's just, well, I think he's about to uh, get sued for uh, libel. Oh, for a, a tweet he, he made about uh, a lawyer earlier today and the lawyer's going, you better take this down. No, nah, screw it. I'm going to sue you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It'll be about time his mouth got him to Why? Why hasn't anybody sued him for libel before? I mean, geez. I think we've been so flabbergasted by what he said and done for so long that people are just like, what? Huh? You get knocked off balance and while you're trying to get your footing, he does three more things and you're like, what the hell? I think he pushed the wrong person too far this time and I hope he sues him into oblivion. Oh, yes, please. Oh, okay, I was on. I'm going to like do a little manifest and send that out into the universe. <laughs> so the gentleman's name is Yubako Ogbogu. Oh, I, yes, says, I follow him. I'm just going to wear a mask now to spite Kenny. Staying healthy and protecting my community are now secondary yes. objectives. Uh, uh, and I think something, I'm trying to find the tweet from, oh, where, there it is. Is that it? Yeah, there it is. Sad to see how deranged the left has become. This NDP law professor will wear a mask to spite me. Why is everything always political with these lefties? And why is the NDP angry about getting life back to normal? I hope Mr. Obogu, Ogbogu sues Kenny into oblivion. I really do. It's like, wait a minute, you're the premier of the province? What is this lefties crap? Don't you represent everybody in the province? Left, right, center, or otherwise? The mask is falling. Falling. He just tore it off and showed everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like when you have a drag show like this, and like, you know, like this drag queen is like just going like really all out, and the wig falls off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I follow him too. Except actually. a whole lot, lot less fun. <laughs> oh, my God. That's terrible. Okay. Well, Hey, how are we doing for time? Uh, 41 minutes in. 41, okay. We can wrap it up and then we will actually have a... A bite. It's, it's still not <laughs> under 30. It's like, a, it's like a bite where you have to like keep on chewing for a little bit before you... Because you took it too big, but it's a bite. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. Listen, kids, uh, you know, we have Kenny, we have Doug Ford, we have the Quebec election in October, and we have a CPC leadership race. Uh, September? Yeah, where the, the yeah, the announcer, are, everything's going to be announced in September, but a mm-hmm. uh, little note, uh, the memberships and whatnot like this all have to be sold by June 3rd. Yeah, I know a few friends have decided to become members of the party. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. I've been recommending it on the blog because I think that's the only way. It's like, you, you know what? There, I don't know what the opposite of a co- political hostile takeover is because we're not hostile. No. <laughs> but whatever it is, I mean, that that's what happened, right? I mean, the other way around, we had the Progressive Conservative Party. We had the Conservatives. The Conservative side came in. They performed a hostile takeover. You know, they got, you know, reform wasn't working for them. So now they put on the Conservative brand and well, all those people thought that they were acceptable it was the alliance party and the reform party that yeah that did the hostile takeover right yeah but it's like that you know 
whatever they were calling themselves wasn't working for them. But as mm-hmm. soon as they put the blue on and said, Oh yeah, we're concerned like this, you know, it's like whatever the reverse of guilt by association was reputation yeah. by association. But, but I mean, they've milked that cow dry, whatever goodwill there was from that old progressive conservative brand is gone now. Oh, and so, our, I mean, our favorite con candy Bergen, uh, Murphy Brown shirt, as, as she's been uh, called lately around the city, uh, went screaming about in parliament today. We need to, uh, we need to raise the, uh, make visas, uh, no issues for Ukrainians. We'll bring them all into Canada. I'm like, I sent her a tweet. Uh, yeah, about that. And it was the direct news press conference that the prime minister had not 30 minutes before <laughs> Yes, about how, yeah, we're just, come on in, just come on in, come on in. No visa requirements. Just get in. We're getting you away from the war. Now do Afghanistan, Candace. Yeah. You know, that'll never happen. Not in a million years. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I said, I, listen, I was going to save this for the other ones, right? Like this, but say hey, we're, we're doing her like this. My, the, the event this week that warmed my heart, that just mm-hmm. like my heart all glow was when she went to the Russian embassy in front. Yeah, the and they booed her the whole time. <laughs> It's like, come on, boob. It's like, do you not remember that? Like, it was like check watch. It was like, how many days ago that you like literally fed us to the wolves when the occupant? Really, girl? Zero self awareness. <laughs> she, she zero. Really zero. She is shameless. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? And, and you said Murphy Brown shirt, and I will. I'll be honest. I heard that at one point, like this, mm-hmm. and I was thought, oh my god, that was so funny. I had actually thought of it that morning. <laughs> I said like this, and then I saw it on the on Twitter, and I thought, oh no, I says I can't use that because that's going too far, right? Because I mean, you but know, is it? But is it? Well, you know, but. I don't know good ones law. I think it is or whatever it is. Mm. I think it is, but it's like, and, they, and then I saw somebody else say clan this. So, you know, uh, and I didn't, but you know what? Um, again, I'm going to go in. You remember how we talked about uh, she had removed all the Quebec people from the inner circle mm-hmm. from directing the, the party, yeah. except for Alain Reyes, uh, because he was the Quebec lieutenant. And then he saw that and said, uh, no, no. And then he stepped down to you know, help with the organization of a campaign for a candidate that was not going to be Pierre Poilievre on the progressive side. And it looks like it is going to be Charest. Uh, I, I can live with that. I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, a couple of days ago or late last week or whatnot, like this, uh, the purge wasn't over. Uh, she realized she missed someone. Yeah. I believe his name is Eric Duncan, the one and only openly gay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, she didn't need him anymore. And then he stepped down from the organization committee of the leadership campaign. Dude, I'm getting so much inside dirt on her and a few other MPs in the conservative party. Like, I'm not going to spill it here because they would sue me and I don't need that. But Mm. trust me when I say these people are scum, Mm -hmm. you can't begin to understand. Mm -hmm. So to me... <clears throat> if you purged all the francophones mm-hmm. 
and then you purged all the gay because mm-hmm. I mean, singular, right? <laughs> well, actually that's not true. Well, in the leadership circle, yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. Melissa yeah. like this, but I mean, she was willing to partake in the, anyway, we yeah. talked about her. Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, Murphy Brown fit and clan just starts yeah. to fit. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. not too far. It's not. So I'm, I'm, I still haven't used it myself. I have. I'm, I don't care. I'm, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, uh, I, I, I didn't balk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. It, it, it's right because you know sometimes I go mm. you didn't with that one <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> when the shoe fits right oh man so kids oh one uh, other thing one other thing and then I'll let you wrap one other thing okay. I don't know if you're aware of this this is why I'm going to point it out to you um, so uh, Jim Watson's not really high in anybody's books right now like I mean he he, he did a terrible thing during the whole occupation but he redeemed himself about one millimeter on the several hundred meters that he needs to make up. On okay. um, Yesterday, the city of Ottawa, under Jim Watson's order, installed free Ukraine, a free Libre Ukraine street signs in front of the Russian embassy. Ooh. Yep. Oh, ooh. oh, I heard of another thing too. Oh my God. It just keeps up. We keep on feeding each other. Um, uh, somebody <laughs> online who I chat to said that as a protest, uh, she sent uh, packages of sunflower seeds to the Russian yes. embassy. Yes. I saw that too. <laughs> a lot of people have been doing it. I'm like, Ooh, that's uh, I like that. That's good here. I'm sending you a link right now. Okay. About the, uh, it's a CTV story about CTV news about the, the Russian, uh, I send it to you, a Twitter DM, on the, uh, uh, putting the street signs in front of uh, the Russian uh, embassy. Okay. And, oh, yeah, there was one other little thing that before I wrap that I mentioned uh, that I forgot to mention. I had heard somewhere, but I, for some reason I had a difficulty finding the story, that Doug Ford, even though the official state of emergency has ended, mm-hmm. that he extended another type of emergency I'm just learning of this. Yeah, it was. Really, I, I heard it on the news. I can't. I can't remember. I hadn't. I'd taken a note on it, but I couldn't. Uh, uh, I, I couldn't find it for some reason. But it seems that, if I remember the story correctly, uh, because you know uh, the federal state of emergency ended, mm-hmm. and then the provincial state of emergency ended, and then the municipal state of emergency ended. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, I think it was like two days ago, I think I heard on listening to a CBC uh, radio cast that Doug Ford had extended not the state of emergency, but certain emergency measures for another period of time. Huh. And then I never heard anything else again about it. So no, so no. So I don't know if it was a blip, but it was, and I, and I can't find anything. So that, that was a, uh, yeah, it's just a weird thing. So I don't know if you, uh, like I said, if you hear anything about that. Yeah, I'll definitely check into it. I'm sending yeah. you another link right now too. We won't, right. we won't get into this. I'm just sending you another link for, for future. Perfect. 
All right. Well, kids, uh, that's uh, the end of this episode of Beaver Bites. Uh, we'll have another one for you soon, hopefully, on the CPC leadership race because there's been some developments there. Uh, as well that we would like to catch you up on. Uh, if you loved listening to us, we loved making this for you. And if you like the podcast, you can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. You can find us on Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer. Do not listen to us on Spotify, please. And Player FM and tell your friends. Of course, retweets, shares, gentle corrections, constructive criticism, compliments, requests, and positive reviews are always welcome. And finally, if you really, really, really like this podcast and wish to encourage us to do more, we work for tips. And we got two from our last episode, Mr. Grizzly. So we'll have some people to thank. Excellent. Um, Yes. Uh, please feel free to buy a cup of coffee for Mr. Grizzly here or a mug of hot chocolate for me via our coffee page at ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver. That's coffee, ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver, all in lowercase letters, one word. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there, so be kind to and gentle with yourself. And uh, any words of wisdom, Mr. Grizzly? <sighs> Try and show compassion and gratitude wherever and whenever you can. That's all I got. That's all I got. That, that's, those are good words. I'll take it. I've got, I've got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> the True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Minister Grizzly collaboration. Research, story, and guest curation, and copy written by the Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Artwork courtesy of Pete Jarvis. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Pepper Master, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvin Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.